Hey, church, we are so glad you are here today, you know, checking in on part five of our series called Dangerous Prayers. And, you know, if you missed the last four weeks of this, you know, it's been really interesting. You know, our first one in the series out of 1 Samuel was, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And then, you know, the second week, you know, we talked about that, that prayer of, Father, forgive me as I forgive those who have sinned against me. Two weeks ago, you know, our third prayer was, can you pray, not my will, but your will be done. And then last week, it was that prayer, let my heart break with things that break the heart of God. And now in the fifth week, it's really a call to action. You know, in in the book of James, James says, don't just be a hearer of the word, be a doer of the word. And that's what we want to be. We want to be a church of action. And those first five or four prayers really do require a call to action. When the Lord speaks, he wants us to respond to it. When the Lord asks us to forgive somebody, we need to go forgive them. When when we make that prayer of not my will, but your will be done, when God reveals that, we need to go act upon it. And then even when your heart begins to break and you know God's doing something, when God begins to ruin you for the ordinary, it's like, okay, God, help me have courage to take a step of faith. And that's what this fifth fifth one in the series is. This is the prayer of availability. It's out of the book of Isaiah where the Lord says, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah says, Lord, here am I, send me, send me. Am I willing to do anything at any time and go anywhere if that's what the Lord is calling? Am I willing to say that? Because it really is a prayer of faith. It's that prayer of just saying, God, I'm in. I'll surrender to whatever it is that you have. And I I know for me, you know, that there's been times it's like, yeah, of course, God, I'm in. But sometimes I wonder, do I have that same heart with my kids? Do I want my kids to go say, I'll do anything at any time and go anywhere? You know, and, and I was thinking about this because just recently I had a young man uh, approach me with four daughters. You know, one of the great privileges is that day a young man asked for your, daughter, your daughter's hand in marriage. And I've had that happen twice with Jason and Johnny, just two awesome young men. I'm so excited they're going to be part of our family. But there's a little joy as I'm sitting, you know, across from them as they're sweating and squirming. And you know the question's coming, you know, and you try to milk it a little bit. And it's the same thing I felt. I drove from Pullman up to Spokane in 1986 in the snow to go ask Harry Benton if I could marry his daughter. And man, I was sweating the entire drive up. And, you know, it made me think, you know, that prayer of God, anything at any time and go anywhere. One of my heroes of the faith is this missionary named Adoniram Judson. And he was a, he was a missionary in the 1800s to India and Burma. And he had his eyes set on a young woman. And so back then he penned a letter. And today I want to read this letter of what he asked this man about his daughter. He said, I have now to ask whether you can consent to part with your daughter early next spring. 
to see her no more in this world. Whether you can consent to her departure and her subjection to the hardships and sufferings of the missionary life. Whether you can consent to her exposure to the dangers of the ocean, to the fatal influence of the southern climate of India, to every kind of want and distress, to degradation, insult, persecution, and perhaps a violent death. Can you consent to all this for the sake of him who left his heavenly home and died for her and died for you? You know, and I just think, what if Jason and Johnny had sent me that? You know, would I respond with, well, yeah, Lord, of course. And, you know, it's that peace. You know, I look at my own life and I just realized, you know, I spent so much of my life wanting to live on a cruise ship. I want people to come and feed me. I want people to take care of my needs. I want to live a life of peace with no stress, no tension, no conflict. And I realized, you know, spiritually, I've, I've kind of lived that way so much of wanting to be on a cruise ship. But God says, I want you to be on a battleship. This is a battle for people's souls. All around me, there are people heading to a Christless eternity, heading to hell, because they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. God's called me to be on a battleship. And, you know, today, you know, I don't want you just to hear what Judson said. I don't want you just to hear what I say. Because you know what's most important is what does God say? And so today, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 6. And we're going to begin in verse 1, this story. So Isaiah, he's an Old Testament prophet. And, you know, this is 700 BC, somewhere in that neighborhood. And it says, it was in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, these angelic beings, each having six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. They were calling out to each other. And this is the song they sang, their worship song. They sang, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, it's all over. I am doomed for I'm a sinful man. I have filthy lips and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I've seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar in a pair of tongs, with a pair of tongs. And he touched my lips with it. And he said, see, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is gone. It's removed and your sins are forgiven. And then I heard the Lord asking, whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. And there are really three parts to this journey. The first part, Isaiah, he saw the Lord. Can you imagine seeing the Lord? I mean, this is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one that puts the planets into motion, the one that puts the stars into place. And Isaiah saw him. And his response, I mean, I think, why wasn't it, wow? His response was, whoa. 
He realized how sinful he was because he's in front of a perfect God. Woe is me. I'm a sinful man. You know, and, and that's what happens when you begin to have a real encounter with Jesus Christ. You begin to realize your own sinfulness. But thankfully, what Scripture says, though my sins are like scarlet, he makes them white as snow. It doesn't matter what your story is. God can redeem it. God can make it you righteous through his sacrifice on the cross, his resurrection. And then, once Isaiah realizes that, then the Lord says, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here am I, send me. You know, but as you hear that passage, you know, some of you are already like checked out. It's like, you know, that doesn't involve me. I'm not going anywhere. Don't tell me I have to go to some jungle in Africa because that's not what God's calling. But you know what? I hear this all the time. Well, God's never called me, but he did. He called you 2,000 years ago when he said to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. In Acts 1.8, he said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He has called you. You know, and so often, you know, it's just like in scripture, I hear three different responses. And so the question today is, what's your response? Is your response the same as Jonah? When Jonah was called to go to Nineveh and Jonah said, Lord, here am I, I'm not going. I'm not going. You know, and some of us, our response is like Moses. Moses is sitting in, in, in the presence of God and God says, Moses, go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. And Moses, he goes, Lord, here am I. Send someone else. Send Dan. He's the pastor. You know, send somebody else. And so often that's our response is, yeah, that's good, but not me. Let somebody else do it. But then it's Isaiah. And he says, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here am I, send me. So today, which one are you? Are you a Jonah? Are you a Moses? Or are you an Isaiah? Which one are you? You know, and so often, you know, I hear people, they're like, yeah, you know, I don't think this is me because I'm not qualified. And, you know, God can't use me. You know, people Look at me. I got a giant head. I got a big nose. I had this underbite. I got an artificial knee that aches. You know, I got a wrist. I, I can't flex and rotate fully. I have an artificial aorta because they opened up my chest a year ago. I have a, a heart monitor thing in there. I have hemianopsia. I can't see anything on the left half of my body. You know, my kids grew up being on free and reduced lunch. I can't drive. I can't sing. Yet God says, Steve, I want you. I want you. And that's what it is for you. God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. It's in your weakness that he's made perfect. You know, and that's, that's the exciting thing. And that's the story. As, as you look at this book, it's throughout all of Scripture Abraham was too old. Moses was a stutterer. Leah wasn't beautiful. Naomi was a widow. David was an adulterer. You know, Job, he was bankrupt. The disciples had no training. Paul was a Christian killer. And Lazarus, 
Lazarus was dead. He was dead. You know, I mean, I guess we could do this the hard way. You know, God still used him. And that's the exciting piece is that God wants to use you. He wants to use you. And he wants to use you right where you're at. Until you get on an airplane and go somewhere else, let him use you here. For those of you watching online that are out of the area, I don't know what city or country you're in, but God can use you there. For those of you that live in the Spokane area, you think, well, you know why? I see all sorts of churches. Well, Spokane is the 23rd most unreached city in the United States. We're seriously the Michael Jordan of the U.S. 23rd. Seattle's number seven. Portland's number 13. And then us. Washington State is the sixth most unreached state in the U.S. You know, the other five, they're up in the Northeast, Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and then us. So when you say, well, I don't need to reach people, there's people all around you that are going to hell because they don't know Jesus Christ. And people, that's the reality of it. I don't want to soften this for you at all. People are going to hell because they don't know Jesus. That's what the book says. That's what the book says. And so God is calling you to say, God, I'll do anything at any time and go anywhere. To go anywhere. You know, today, I want to introduce you to three men. These are our partners that we work with. And about two months ago, I sent all three of them a message. I said, Isaiah 6, 8, can you send us a two to three minute video giving a charge to the church about that verse? And so first, I want to introduce you to John Bogolawis. He's our partner in Baguio, Philippines. John's an awesome man of God. Him and his wife, Hannah, are doing incredible things over there. And so take a listen to Pastor John. Valley Real Life, in behalf of Covenant City Church, we send to you our love and our greeting. It is such a wonderful opportunity for me today to be able to share to you from Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. God is always looking for faithful men and women whom he can support and empower to accomplish his will here on earth. He has given us such a great commission. The Bible said that in the last days, there will be darkness on earth and even thicker darkness in the hearts of men. But God is calling us to arise and shine, to be the light and the salt of the earth. He has commanded us to do the great commission and to participate in making disciples of all men. Are you willing to answer this call? It is impossible not to answer that call if you have experienced the power of God's love. It is the love of God that enables us to reach the lost. You see, sometimes all we need is to have a bigger heart, a bigger heart to give, a bigger heart to pray, a bigger heart to forgive, a bigger heart to minister to those who are unlovable. You and me are called 
to share this love. It's not given to a selected few. You and me has a role. We all have a part in this great commission. It is my responsibility, it is your responsibility, it is our responsibility to be that light in the midst of darkness. I challenge all of you here at Valerie Life if we will only go out today after this service and be the extension of God's hand and be a, the extension of God's heart, I'm sure our community will never be the same again. Answer the call and say, Lord, here I am, send me. You know, that's a powerful message. To be an extension of God's love. To be an extension of his love. And, and church, that's, that's what happens when you begin to love those around you. You know, I, I remember about three years ago, and I just spoke about this recently here. You know, Dan asked me the question, Steve, if you were a missionary sent to Spokane, what would you do? What would you do? And, you know, and, and I spent time praying about it. And I really came up with three things. I said, first, I would pray. I would pray in my workplace, for my neighbors, people around me, in my school. I would pray. Second thing I would do is I would meet them. I would learn their name. I would learn their kids' names. I, I would find a way to build relationship with them. And then the third thing I would do is I would serve. I would find a tangible way to serve them. You know, maybe it's making them cookies. Maybe it's shoveling their driveway for them. But find a way to serve them. So I would do three things. P, pray. M, meet. S, serve. P, M, S. <laughs> you know, I wanted to make it memorable for you. You're never going to forget that. Pray, meet, serve. It's simple. You know, but I also want to give you a tangible step of Something you could do right now that meets that. Let's start with the pray part. You know, out in our foyer, you know, here at the Barker campus, there's a giant map of our area that traditionally, typically feeds into this church. And so here's my challenge for you. Would you commit between now and Easter to praying up and down every street? Just walking and praying. We're going to pray for every house, every person, in this entire area over the next four weeks. And then come to the Barker campus. We'll have pens out there and mark every single street that you prayer walked. Every person in this area is going to be prayed for. Every street. You know, for those that live up in Morningside, I would hope this is done by tonight because there's like a thousand of you that live up there. We're going to pray for every person. And, you know, and, and that really is, you, you know, this call about loving your neighbor, serving locally. But like I said, Acts 1.8, it's Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. This isn't either or. This is a both and thing. So I want to show you a map of a, a portion of the world. You know, this green area, this is called the 1040 window. From 10 degrees north latitude to 40 degrees north latitude, from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean. This window here has about 5 billion people. Over 3 billion of those people don't know who Jesus is. 
They don't know a missionary. They don't know a Christian. They don't have a Bible. They don't know where a church is. They don't even know the person of Jesus. This is in today's society where you can be on an airplane, be on any point of earth in 24 hours. There's this area. Would you consider going? Go to this area. Reach the lost. You know, this area also has over 80% of the poorest people in the world that make less than a dollar a day. A dollar. I spent that on my iced tea this morning at McDonald's, yet some people, they spend 12 hours in a brick factory in Cambodia to make that same dollar. Would you consider going? When Isaiah said, Lord, here am I, send me. I'll do anything at any time and go anywhere. Well, what if it's to a harder area? And this is something for some of you, I know God's stirring in your heart. Would you consider saying, hey, I'll go for two weeks. I'll go on a short-term mission trip. And you know, in a couple months, we're gonna unveil some short-term mission trips. Consider being part of those. For some of you, maybe it's taken a year and saying, God, I'm gonna go. You know, for you students, maybe it's taken a gap year before you go to do your education, your vocation, your military training, say, I'm gonna go get my feet grounded in scripture and know who God is. For some of you in business, you've been able to work remotely for the last year. Hey, what if you worked remotely from inside the 1040 window? What if you went and worked with one of our partners and just served them for an entire year? What would that look like? It would change the world. You know, it's not about seeing Valley Real Life's thumbprint all across the globe. It's about seeing God's thumbprint. And God wants to use you. Maybe he's calling you to go as a long-term missionary. You know, here we are. We're a church, 2,500 people, whatever number you want to put on it. We have zero. We have no long-term missionaries from this church. And church, that's going to change. Because I believe God's going to stir people's hearts to respond to it. And I want you to hear from our second partner. And I'm going to leave his name off on this one because the work he does is pretty sensitive. But I want you to hear from him as he talks about Isaiah 6-8. Take a look. Recently, I have been reading the book of Isaiah chapter 6. And in the very first verse, the scripture says, In the year King Uzziah died, I saw God sitting in his throne. And who was King Uzziah? If you go and read 2 Chronicles chapter 26, you will find who King Uzziah was. He was just 16 years old boy. God used an amazing way. And he fortified the city of Jerusalem. He defeated the Philistines. Again, he developed agriculture and the country was prospering and developing and people had a lot of hope in this king. Yet the king died all of a sudden, and people's hope was dashed, and they didn't know what to do. And that difficult year, prophet Isaiah saw God sitting on his throne. In the light of this scripture, when I see the United States of America, in year 2020, you lost so many businesses. Many people have lost their jobs, especially airline industry, have crashed down. And in this difficult year, what are you looking at? If you look at your businesses, if you look at people, you would be discouraged. But if you look at God sitting on a throne, you would be encouraged. So what the 
message that the king of kings passed to prophet Isaiah. What was he looking for? He wasn't looking for gold and silver in the scripture from Genesis to Revelation. We don't see God lacking anything, but he's looking for one thing, a person who is willing to go for him, a person who is willing to carry his message to the nations. So what would be your response in this difficult year? Would you be willing to go for him? Would you be willing to take his message to the nations who have no idea of this great God, who have no idea of the hope of humanity? My God, touch your heart through this message. If you are willing to go, we will join you in the missions field. My God bless you. Bye-bye. And church, that's the call. Would you be willing to go? That's the call for Isaiah. Here am I, send me. And you know, until you get on airplane, you got to do it here. But you also, we need people to do it over there. There is so much at stake. Church, there are billions of people around this planet that don't know who Jesus Christ is. And I hope this puts some in urgency in your heart. Because that's what we need. We need people excited about the gospel to say, I'm going to go. Lord, here am I. Send me. I'll do anything at any time and go anywhere because there is so much at stake. It's like this book says, the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. Would you consider being a worker? Would you consider that? Because there's got to be an urgency to go into every tribe, tongue, and nation until every knee bows and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There is so much at stake. You know, let me introduce you to Ronald Cazito, our partner in Fort Portal, Uganda. He understands that. You know, Ronald has planted 25 churches. And I think some of us in this church, we understand the urgency and the commitment to this man. We see God at work. You know, the last church they planted in the Kanara Village, you know, we helped. We paid for the crusade. We bought the well, we bought the land, we bought the building that went on it. We supported Richard and Tadeo, the pastors there for two years to plan a church to tell the people of Kanara the greatest news in the world. You know, Ronald also, he has 800 orphans and 100 widows that are in desperate need of care. This church, you guys, out of your faithfulness and generosity for the last four years, you have paid for the medical care for every one of those kids. 63 of those widows needed a home. They're living in mud huts that's unsafe. And as a church, you paid for every single one of those homes. You guys were so generous and you made a difference in one person. That's the urgency. It's about one person. That person might be sitting next to you at school or that person might be in Fort Portal, Uganda. You know, for Ronald, I want you to hear this story as he talks to one of the widows. This is Eusta. You guys have been part of changing her life. Take a look. Hello, Valley. Uh, my name is Ronald, and I'm here with the sister, Yusta Kavakari. Uh, she's one of the widows that uh, recently you guys took up a collection and uh, built a house here in the background. And I would like Yusta to say hello to you. Uh, 
Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. I want to greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you that I love you so much. I want to thank you so much for the wonderful job that you have done in my life. I have uh, 20 orphans and I just adopted these two twins now. Thank you so much for building a home for me. May God so richly bless you and reward you. Please, please, I appeal to you to also remember my sisters that are suffering just like me. They also need, they have a need, they have almost the same need just like I do. Brothers and sisters, I don't know, had it not been for Jesus Christ, I don't know what you guys would have, I would have done in my life. I thank my pastor for making friends with you and connecting me to you. May God so richly bless you. Please, uh, Pastor Steve, say hello to the saints at your church. God bless you. I want to sing one little song because I'm overjoyed. Amen. There is something today in the house of the Lord. There is something today in the house of the Lord. There is something today in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah today in the house of the Lord. There is waiting today in the house of the Lord. There is waiting today in the house of the Lord. There is waiting today in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah today in the house of the Lord. Church, one person. One person. It's worth it. It's worth it. And so as we wrap up, you know, it's that question, are you willing to say, Lord, here am I, send me. I'll do anything at any time and go anywhere. If that's what you are calling me to, there's got to be this sense of urgency, this sense of I had an encounter with the living God and he's asking me to go on his behalf. Will you say yes? Will you say yes? Will you say yes? And you know, What we're going to end with is a little bit different. We're going to have this time. It's just a song of reflection, a time just, you know, to let the worship team play. And here's what I'm asking you to do. Would you meditate on the lyrics of this song? Would you spend time praying and asking God, God, I know you're calling me to go on your behalf. I want to say yes. Maybe it's praying through the lyrics. But during this song, I want you to just be still before the Lord and say, Lord, will I respond to the call? Will I respond to the call? All five of these prayers. Speak, Lord. I will respond. I'll forgive others. I'll do your will. I'll do those things that break your heart. And God, I will go where you send me and do anything at any time and anywhere. So let's pray. Father, so much is at stake. 
You say in your word, the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. God, let it begin with us, with each person here. If you're one that's like, no, you know, would you consider just praying? God, speak to me. If you're like, I'm not sure, would you consider praying and fasting and asking the Lord to reveal himself to you? And if you're one that is ready to say, Lord, here am I, send me. You know, just pray to the Lord. God, open my eyes to what you would have. God, we just invite your Holy Spirit right now to speak. While we spend a few minutes just before you. God, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.